The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us once again for an edition of Winning Ponies. We got a two-time Hall of Famer for you tonight. Now, you might be saying to yourself, how can you become a two-time Hall of Famer? Well, that is if you are in North America's Hall of Fame and in the Canadian Hall of Fame. And the answer to this question is Sandy Hawley. Sandy is going to join us tonight. Uh, He's... uh, In the Lexington area, uh, the Turf Showcase, I think we mentioned this a week or two ago, it's a very unique sale. It's taking place at Phasic Tipton on Sunday, starting at uh, 4 o'clock. And uh, it it is basically horses that were bred strictly to run on the grass. When you look at the sires, when you look at the female families, uh, it's just, uh, it's you know, grass, grass, grass. So I got a feeling that the idea is to kind of pull in connections from Europe that might be interested in these horses that were mostly bred in North America. So a very unique turf showcase selected yearlings on Sunday at Phasing Tipton. And the, uh, uh, again, it's brought to you by Woodbine up in Canada. And so uh, he is uh, currently the public relations ambassador for Woodbine, and he's going to be joining us in the first segment of the show. In the second segment of the show is somebody that you're no stranger to if you watch racing on TV, and that is Kayton Brader. Uh, she's also an award-winning journalist, uh, grew up around Arlington Park. We've had her on the show before. She's the great-granddaughter of Hall of Fame jockey Ted Atkinson, and uh, she started her career in Chicago, and then she's been everywhere. We've had her husband, Doug, on. He is a jockey agent uh, that uh, has one of the hottest jockeys in America who uh, always fares well on the grass races, and he'll be at, in some of the grass races down at Kentucky Downs, and that's where Kate is. That jockey I'm talking about is Florent Jaroux. So Doug and Florent have just had an amazing run together. So uh, Kayton and Sandy will be our guest. I'm really excited about that. Uh, I've known Kayton for many years, but uh, Sandy I met on just a few occasions at, at some big races. I'm sure he doesn't remember me, but I've been talking with him during the week, and uh, he just is the nicest guy in the world. Well, uh, racing shifting to some new venues, uh, so uh, you're going to have to get out your easy win forms. Uh, we didn't leave Saratoga without a whopper on the 30th. A $2 pick six, it only paid five of six, paid $17,458. And in the middle of New York State, Finger Lakes, the day before, a 50-cent pick five that paid 3057 And how about a cold pick at Delaware Park? It was just five days ago, a $1 pick four, straight pick, 3000 $494. So with a lot of new venues going to be taken off in the weeks ahead, uh, you're going to want to pull in those easy win forms because it doesn't matter what track you're at, we're able to pull down the numbers. Well, uh, we'll be asking Kayton to uh, chime in on the Woodward 
it uh, scratched down to a, to a short field, but it really didn't matter who was going to be in there because nobody was going to touch Gun Runner. Right now, they believe he may be the best horse in training. And so what happens now when we head out west for the Classic? You've got Collected, you've got Gun Runner, and a horse that we don't want you to forget about. Let's not forget, Arrowgate. So this is really turning in uh, to an interesting uh, end of the year uh, for uh, the uh, handicap division, shall we say. The Classic is going to be very, very uh, in- interesting. But uh, he won by 10 and a quarter links, just devastated the field, was uh, really uh, never threatened once he decided to run. Uh, you know, you know, Asmussen, who trains him, <clears throat> also won the Woodard in 2008 and 2009 with future Hall of Famers Curlin and Rachel Alexandra. So he certainly has had plenty of experience and gun runner, just keeps getting better and better. And I mentioned Florent Giroux, guess who his regular rider is. So uh, they're doing very, very well uh, riding for Asmussen. Well, Saratoga is over and it came down to the wire for top trainer, jockey and owner at Saratoga with Todd Pletcher capturing his 13th H. Allen Jerkins trainer title. Jose Ortiz won his second Angel Cadero Jr. title in a row, and Mike Dubb and his various partnerships took his fourth straight owner's title on the final day at Saratoga. So uh, Pletcher finished the meet. Now remember, this is a short meet with 40 wins, tying the record set last year by Chad Brown. So uh, uh, Pletcher says he's never won 40 at Saratoga, and it's hard to do. He even told uh, Chad Brown last year when he did it, it was one hell of an accomplishment. But those two guys just dominated the meet up there. And of course, uh, you know, Pletcher has his fair share of uh, stakes winners up there. He won the Adirondack with Pure Silver and uh, the Amsterdam stakes with Cole Front. So uh, the racing over for now under the ancient Elms, uh, but uh, what what a meet! You know, we got to see uh, the Alabama Stakes uh, uh, with, with a late, and uh, the Honorable Miss Handicap Paula Silver Lining. Uh, let's not uh, forget the Travers where we were going west, and uh, the uh, the meet's over, but it'll move mostly to Belmont and other parts of the world. Well, we we're keeping an eye on Ellis Park. Uh, Jenny Reese does such a good job of keeping us up to date there. And uh, it was uh, pretty close uh, there, too. It came down to the next to last race of the Ellis Park meet. That was ended September 4th. Uh, but the 2016 meet leader, Steve Asmussen, repeated as leading trainer, edging Brad Cox, 18 win to 17. How about this name? Hall of Famer Jack Van Berg. He had a great meet. He finished third in the standings. It's so great to see Jack Van Berg uh coming back after a haul that, that he's been through. And uh, in addition to his 18 wins, Asmussen had 19 seconds, 15 thirds. Uh, it was uh, quite a battle to the end for those guys. Um, so uh, the Ellis Park and Saratoga are now over. over and uh, you think we'll see a lot of the Ellis runners sprinkled around the Midwest. And Johnny V. 
top the holiday week stake standings to earn jockey of the week. He won four Saratoga stakes races. Don't forget, it was Labor Day weekend, so we had plenty of action to watch. Uh, so congratulations uh, to, to Johnny V. Uh, he uh, just eats him up up at Saratoga. Of course, his agent always did fairly well there. A guy by the name of Angel Cordero Jr. So, um, moving along now, let's see what else we have on the. Uh, how about Winks? Do you, if, if you follow some European rating, uh, racing, the Street Cry Mayor Winks. This time she rallied late, just got up, but her 19th straight victory. So she is the new Zenyatta in racing. Winks is her name. Keep an eye out for her. She is a global phenom. Uh, there was came down to two horses in front. She just got them at the wire, and it was 10 links back to third. So uh, uh, un- unbelievable for Winks. Uh, let's uh, take a look at some of the results. We'll see how many we can get through uh, because it was uh, quite the, uh, the holiday weekend. Uh, up on, uh, at Saratoga, it was the spinaway. Uh, grade one, uh, this is uh, the girls, and it was none other than Lady Ivanka getting the job done. Uh, Rudy Rodriguez trains. Uh, this is an Oklahoma bred. Lady Ivanka, widest in the stretch, paid $12.40. Second was Maya Malibu, and the two that they, they thought were the favorites at three to five, it was Chad Brown's horse, Separation of Powers, who had just broken uh, her maiden. She went off at three to five, and as, at two to one was pure silver, and they pretty much killed each other off on the lead there. Uh, then we uh, went to uh, Labor Day, and uh, this was an interesting race. Uh, the, the grade one hopeful stakes, and the winner in there, Sporting Chance. How about this? Sporting Chance just broke its maiden at Saratoga the eighth time trainer D. Wayne Lucas has won the hopeful. That's pretty unbelievable. So Sporting Chance, who's a daughter of Tisnow, cost $575,000. I got a feeling we'll be seeing her in the gate for the Breeders' Cup. And then uh, down at Parks, they had the uh, grade three Smarty Jones and uh, the winner in there was uh, Pavel, who's only making his third lifetime start. And uh, Mario Gutierrez in the saddle. They traveled from the West Coast because Doug O'Neill trains Pavel, who's owned by Paul Redham. So another one with the, the triple connections right there. And again, that race uh, was on a Labor Day. Uh, you know, we had our friend Ron Paolucci. I don't know if you saw some of the national broadcast. Uh, he, he did get on and he talked about uh, bringing the veterans to the track. He sponsored uh, three families of veterans, all, all expenses uh, paid there. And uh, Hats off to him. He took the high road. He didn't mention the fact that the stewards scratched his other horse that uh, he wanted to put in against Gunrunner. He just kind of let that go. But meanwhile, back on his home turf at Thistledown, the scarlet and gray, it took a photo finish to separate the two Luch Stable trainees. The winner was proper discretion, a horse he bought privately over the winter. 
And in the second spot was Catalyst. So a lot of racing over the weekend. I hope that, uh, that you had a slew of winners. And uh, don't forget now, we are racing at Kentucky Down. Sad to say their opening day got rained out, but they reset the card for yesterday. Uh, we talked to Gary West last week, uh, the Exacta Systems Juvenile Phillies. Well, that went to Ultima D. Wesley Ward riding his exercise rider, Julio Garcia, got the job done on Ultima D. So uh, Wesley Ward, very good with lightly raced horses, and this is a two-year-old. Then it was the Tourist Mile, $400,000 on the line. The winner at 13-1 to was Applicator, who got the job done over Flatline, who was 4-1 to and Shining copper and then it was the uh, late the boys turn in the phasic tipton turf showcase remember the sale we're going to be talking about and uh the winner in there snapper sinclair a favorite out of the asmussen barn got the job done ricardo santana had to work hard on that uphill stretch run but he did get it done over long shot john tipman and one of the other favorites in there, Arawak. Uh, when you're five to one at Kentucky Downs, you're considered a favorite. Well, that's a look at uh, all as much of the national racing scene that we could fit in for you tonight. And uh, so, right now, I'm very excited about getting the chance to talk to a guy from north of the border, two-time Hall of Famer, Sandy Hawley. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right. I was really excited to find out I was going to be able to get an interview 
with our next guest. I uh, read some of his achievements uh, at at the, uh, the the top of the show. Uh, guy that's had major racing wins in the Alabama, the Queens Plate, the the Prince of Wales, probably more important to him. Uh, he's won the Canadian Oaks, the Coronation Futurity. I could go on and on, but this show is only an hour long. He's in not one but two Hall of Fames with us now, Sandy Hawley. Sandy, how are you? <laughs> I'm great, John. I, I appreciate that introduction. That was awesome. Thank you very much. Oh, are you kidding? That wasn't even the, the tip of the iceberg. When I got a call the other day and I found out it was Sandy Hawley, I almost went through the roof. It was a, a real a real honor, and I look forward to spending some time with you uh, on Saturday. I might, I, know that the, I might come out of retirement. Do you want to be my agent? Absolutely. I'm there. I'm there. Hey, hey, Perry Utes is the leading rider at River Downs, I mean at Belterra Park, by 30 wins, and he's 63. You know what? I still have a chance, son. I still have a chance. John, we could do it. We could do it. <laughs> Good for him. That's that's absolutely amazing. That's a, that's a great feat. Well, uh, you you probably know his cousin, Early Fires. Oh, Early, yes. I rode with Early in Chicago. Yeah, he's a tremendous rider. Right. Well, uh, you know, uh, I, when I, I used to interview Perry because I did a lot of publicity work down there. And right now, just a, about two weeks ago, he became the 10th leading rider in the world. And when he became uh, the 11th leading rider, that meant the most to him because he passed early on the chart, you know. And right, I, always right, said, right. I said, Perry, what are your goals in life? He says, I just want to be the leading rider in Riverdale, Arkansas. They got to take that <laughs> sign down now that says early fires and put my name up there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he do that translation really well, that accent really well, and uh, you know what? It, it's amazing. It's amazing for uh, a gentleman of his stature, of his age, to be able to do that. I, you know, uh, it's it's tremendous. Yeah, and he's riding against these twenty-one-year-old kids, fit as a fiddle. He's just he's phenomenal. But longevity Good says something, you know, because you make friends in this business and they they stick by you and you dance with the one that that brung you uh i you know your your evolution in the sport you know i see that at, at one point you were you know a a, a timekeeper uh for a major hockey team up up in canada the los angeles kings uh <laughs> hockey team and then i also was reading some bio that says uh, you were going to be a plumber are, are you are you glad you put down your hockey sticks and your wrench I was only a plumber for a couple of weeks, and then I went to the racetrack, and I said, you know what, I love the outdoors, I love animals, and this is definitely what I want to do, for sure, for sure. But, uh, you know, things things went well, and I ended up in California, and, yeah, I ended up uh, working in the pony box for the LA Kings, and and that was uh, a tremendous thrill because I'm a huge hockey fan. And at the same time, you know, to be able to meet some of the hockey players, NHL hockey players, was just a tremendous thrill for me. Unbelievable. Well, um, now, did what was your epiphany? When did the light go on? You didn't grow up in a racing family, did you? You know what? I really didn't. Uh, I started at uh, Winfield Farms. I had no horse racing background at all. In fact, it was my Uncle Webb Ride, God rest his soul, that actually got me interested in becoming a jockey. So when he... He took me to Winfield Farms, and I met, uh, of course, we <laughs> went an interview with E.P. Taylor, but that wasn't going to happen. But I, I met a trainer by the name of Duke Campbell, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me because he became like my second father, taught me all the fundamentals about uh, growing up around the racetrack and working around horses. I groomed horses for a year, 
I galloped horses for a year before I got to ride my first race. So, you know, I, I did a lot of apprenticeship before I, I got to ride my first race, that's for sure. Don't you think that that is very important? And as I see it on some levels, we've gotten away from that. A uh, kid kind of comes out of high school. He was a, you know, a 106 wrestler and, you know, up he goes on a horse and it happens rather quickly. I, I, I think you get more respect for the horse. You get more understanding of the horse if you get to work around them for a couple of years before you just get on their back. You know, that's a great point because I know there have been some riders in the past, too. Uh, a rider that comes to mind is uh, my buddy Wayne Schwabman when I first started out, and he was excited about becoming a jockey. And sometimes you you do it too quick. Like, he, he wanted to be a jockey, and I told him, I said, you know what, I'm doing my apprenticeship. You should do your apprenticeship with Duke Campbell and then, like, move along slowly. And he was too excited. He ended up going to Finger Lakes, and he did okay you know what? He was a great athlete, a tremendous athlete. He could lay on his back and actually flip up and land at his feet. I could never do that. <laughs> I don't know about you, John, but I could never do that. But he was a tremendous athlete, and, you know, unfortunately, he went to Finger Lakes, and things didn't go well for him. And, um, you know, he, uh, he became just a very average jockey. But I think if he had waited and went with Duke Campbell like I did and, and went the right way, but I, I agree 110%. You should take your time and learn the fundamentals and end up becoming a good jockey. Now, Sandy, uh, along your, your career, uh, you you won the Eclipse Award for Outstanding uh, Jockey. Uh, you won the Lou Marsh Trophy for Canada's Top Athlete. Uh, you're in the Order of Canada. But what really caught my eye was that you were a former winner of the George Wolfe Memorial Jockey Award. And that's given to a North American rider who demonstrates the highest standards of personal and professional conduct. Uh, was that one of your proudest achievements? You know what, it really was, too, because it's voted on by the fans. And that was uh, that was tremendous. Uh, you know, going to California and riding with the great Bill Shoemaker. Of course, Bill Shoemaker was my idol. I heard about him since I was a little kid. So going in the jockey's room and meeting him is like meeting a movie star. And just to be able to ride with those guys, Lafitte Pinkai and all those guys, and to win the George Wolf Award, wow, that was <laughs> that was the ultimate. It really was. It was uh, it was fantastic. Um, you know, riding in California and, and meeting all those guys, but uh, to, to receive an award that is their top award was a, a great thrill for sure, John. All right, we're, we're speaking with the Hall of Famer Sandy Hawley. And Sandy, you just beat me to my next question. You were <laughs> on the California racing scene when I don't think it was ever tougher as far as a jocks room was concerned. You know what? There were a lot of top riders. Um, you know, you look down the list, and there was Bill Shoemaker, Don Pierce, uh, Lafitte Pinkai. And that's actually, when I first went there, it was before Eddie Delahousse, before Chris McCarran uh, came on the scene. Of course, uh, they, they came on the scene and made it way, way tougher for everybody else. But it was a great riding colony. Uh, Howard Grant, um, you know, yes. uh, I'm mentioning some older names, but at the same time, it was a tremendous riding colony for sure. Well, Howard Grant was from Cincinnati and uh, my neck of the woods. I didn't realize that. Yes. And River Downs held a Howard Grant day and (laughs) 20,000 people showed up. That's how good he was. That's how good he was. He was a tremendous jockey. Yeah, I think they called him the little general. Thank goodness when I went to California, he was uh, near the end of his career. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, I, again, you know, those those guys uh, growing up, I'd have to say Shoemaker was was my number one. You know, anytime a book came out about him or anything, I'd be I'd be picking it up and, and reading it. Uh, but th- that colony and and a guy that uh, you call your best friend, you shared a valet together, Chris McCarron. I hope you'll bump into him this weekend. You know, I, I, I will for sure. I see him every time I come to uh, Kentucky. Uh, I call him CJ, but yeah, Chris McCarron is, we were best friends when we were in the jockey's room, and we really got along well, because like you say, we, we had the same valets. We were in the same corner. When you're in the same corner, you become very good friends. But not only that, like he was a big hockey fan. Of course, we used to go to the LA Kings together all the time, and when Boston Bruins were in town, he'd cheer for Boston. Toronto Maple Leafs were in town, I'd cheer for the Toronto Maple Leafs, but we both were big, huge LA Kings fans as well. And we played golf together, and yeah, we are, we are, we are best of friends, and we still are. Well, I, uh, Chris is, is just a, a, a super guy, and uh, you see him a lot on the social scene down there, and <clears throat> I know you're going to be going to a social scene your, yourself on Saturday. I wouldn't be surprised to see old CJ pop up. Well, Chris, Chris is a huge credit to the horse racing industry. He's a very intelligent uh, gentleman and he's a fantastic guy. And he's, he's got some great stories, and I, I, I really look forward to seeing him. Of course, uh, as you mentioned, the Fashion Pippin Sales, Woodbine is sponsoring three days there, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I'm there kind of representing Woodbine as well. And we're going to have some other Woodbine people there and look forward to it. I was going to ask you, uh, kind of, uh, as the public relations ambassador for Woodbine, um, <clears throat> do you just kind of make your way around the track? Do they have you at different uh, speaking opportunities and things like that? What's a day in the life of Sandy Hawley now that he's out of the saddle? Well, you know what, John? In the beginning, when I first retired, I've been retired now for almost 20 years, but when I first retired from riding, I went to David Wilmont, who is president and CEO, and asked him, you know, do you have a position for me at Woodbine if I decide to retire? And he said, yeah, for sure. And he said, that we'll put you up in the media department. So I did a lot of media work. I uh, see, I, I saw a lot of groups when they came to Woodbine. I did a lot of speaking engagements to Rotary Clubs, Provis Clubs uh, around Ontario, just kind of promoting uh, Woodbine Racetrack. And I did TV for them, too, for like 15 years. I actually ended up doing some standard bread TV, too, because at Woodbine, it's very unique because they can have standard bread racing uh, in the evening and thoroughbred racing in the afternoon. You can have two cards. So I used to do standard bread racing and thoroughbred racing, and we were on TSN, Sportsnet, and a number of uh, different uh, uh, CBC. I actually used to have the Queen's Plate, and I used to do the Queen's Plate for them. So I did TV for about, uh, I guess, about 15 years. So that was full-time. Now, John, I'm kind of part-time, which is kind of cool because I only have to go to the racetrack two or three days a week and see groups, kind of mix and mingle. And we have a lot of charity events that come to Woodbine as well. So I'm out there for that stuff too. Well, uh, being a a native of Canada, uh, what did it mean for for you? uh, I think some people in America don't appreciate the importance of uh, the Queen's Plate and the Prince of Wales stakes up there, races that you've won on numerous occasions. Well, you know what? It is it is a huge race, and, of course, it's our, our Kentucky Derby, the Queen's Plate. And, uh, yeah, I was, I was lucky enough to win it uh, four times, actually, and uh, it was just a tremendous honor every time. Just to begin the Queen's Plate, it's like any jockey. 
I had an opportunity to ride in some Kentucky Derbies too, and it's just I didn't get to win one, John, but uh, it was just an honor to be in them. But anytime you can be in a race like that is a tremendous honor. Of course, the Queen's been to the Queen's Plate a couple of times, the Queen of England, and it's named after her. It used to be the King's Plate way back when, and we just uh, we just um, celebrated 150 years of horse racing at Woodbine, or not at Woodbine, of Canadian horse racing. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's tremendous. Actually, you know what? It's 250 years that they've had racing in Canada. 250 wow. years. So it's, it's great to be able to celebrate that. And 100 years for the Queen's Plate. So that's, uh, it's, it's been tremendous. You know, just to be in the race, John, is just a tremendous thrill. Well, uh, it is, and it's been a tremendous uh, thrill for me uh, to have Sandy Hawley uh, with us tonight on Winning Ponies. And again, uh, uh, Sandy will be uh, on the grounds over at Phasing Tipton. Uh, I'm going to get to see him Saturday uh, night for a uh, pop or two. And then uh, the sale is actually Sunday. And you can you can sleep in because the sale doesn't actually start till four, <laughs> but it's a beautiful venue to see the horses and some of some of the families that are there are just out of the world. I'm, I'm holding the catalog in my hand and it's it's heavy from the black type that's in here. So it should be a very uh, interesting, unique sale. I, I hope it draws a lot of European bidders. I'm sure with the turf racing, uh, they're going to want to be there. But Sandy Holly, I can't thank you enough, and I look forward to seeing you on Saturday. John, my pleasure, and, you know, it, it is a, a tremendous facility. I was out there about a month ago. Fashion Tipton's uh, sales is absolutely amazing. I'm looking forward to it, and, you know, I'm kind of proud of Woodbine that they're sponsoring three days. I didn't realize they were going to do that, and they asked me about a month ago, you know, Sandy, uh, we're thinking about doing this at Lexington. Would you like to go? And I go, are you kidding? I have so many friends there. I would I would absolutely love to go, and it's uh, an honor and pleasure to, to be there. and look forward to seeing you on Saturday. All right. Thanks so much. That was Sandy Hawley. We're going to take a quick break and we come back. We're going to be talking to the queen of the turf. And that would be Kate Brader, who's down at Kentucky Downs. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. 
You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as I said at the top of the show, if you've ever watched a, uh, a racing broadcast uh, from a major event or uh, a great meet, uh, you've got to see Kate and Brader at work, award-winning uh, journalist. Uh, she uh, wrote and co-produced the Eclipse Emmy and SPJ award-winning documentary, uh, The Legend of Reaffirmed, 30th anniversary of The Last Triple Crown. Uh, she's uh, been all over the country, I believe, uh, Grew up in Chicago. I told you earlier in the show that uh, she's the great-granddaughter, not great, but the granddaughter of Hall of Fame jockey Ted Atkinson. And uh, with no further ado, Kate and Brader, I've been watching you all over. How do you do it? (laughs) You know what? When you do what you love, it's easy. And uh, getting to cover horse racing is a real treat. And here at Kentucky Downs, it's been even better. This is the first time I've gotten to work here, and I'm really enjoying it. I'm getting an opportunity to see a lot of fans that have come from all over, and literally all over the country, just specifically to, to be at the meet. And um, they've stopped in and said hi, and you get to see some great racing. And truly, I think some of the best betting racing in the country because of the full field and the competitiveness of the turf. And, you know, today we had Jose Ortiz and... I mean, literally some of the best riders in the country. So it, it, it makes it real easy. Well, absolutely some of the best riders in the country, including a little Frenchman by the name of Florent Giroux. You're kind of close to some of his connections, aren't you? Well, yeah, that's the, we call him the house rider because of uh, my husband, Doug Brader, is the uh, agent for Florent, and we've been with him since uh, kind of his reemergence on the scene for several years now. And it, he's been the name at uh, Kentucky Downs the last two years. This year might be a little bit different because we have kind of a different complexion of the meet with um, Jose Ortiz in town and Tyler Gaffleon and Julian LaBru, uh, who is a very good friend of Florence and excellent rider. He kind of took the lead. So I don't know that we're going to repeat as leading jockey, but nonetheless, it's a meet that he absolutely loves to ride and uh, you know, it gives me an added rooting interest for sure and kind of a different dimension to the beat. So it's kind of part and parcel of why I, I wanted to work it so much going into it because I knew Doug would be here and Florent would be here. But um, And he didn't disappoint. He came back off of two stakes wins yesterday at Indiana and then um, his first out here he won with. So we're off to a decent start. That's great. Well, let's rewind a little bit, because while we're going to concentrate on Kentucky Downs, I want you to reflect on your Saratoga meet. Certainly, gun runners got to stick out in your mind. Yeah, I mean, for both personal reasons and also just watching him, you know, he is an amazing horse. I've obviously been kind of keyed in on him from an early stage in his three-year-old campaign, but it's one of the few horses that's been able to maintain his form and get better from his three-year-old season, winning Louisiana Derby through a third in the Derby to, you know, running huge races as a three-year-old and then transitioning as an older horse, which 
trainer Steve Asmussen always said that he would be a better horse as he got older, and that's definitely been the case. He seems to get better with every race, and that's so rare in this game when a horse has been good for so long. But this year, between even just the Whitney and the Woodward, and considering that he went to Dubai earlier in the season, it's it's amazing and, and just so much fun to be a, a indirect part of of all that's been going on with him. He's just a, a real treasure to watch, and I think racing fans have really responded to him as well. That was maybe the thrill for me at Saratoga because you mentioned my grandfather, and you know my grandfather was a leading rider at Saratoga, and I knew yes. the history, and I I know what 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 it means to have you know a good horse that the public latches onto, but watching how the fans responded to him and cheered for him and the Whitney and then for the Woodward and knowing what a historic feat that is to be able to win both those races, it was truly special. Well, you, you've de- developed over the years, and you have been, you know, in, in television and as a news anchor, so you're very comfortable in front of the camera. But it, it seems like because you've been doing it for as many years as you've had, you've built a real comfort zone in with some of the top personalities in the sport. I saw you with Steve Asmussen. It was like you were just talking to an old friend. I mean, you, you've got to pre- feel pretty good about that aspect of your career. Which I'm really fortunate because I feel that the horsemen respect me and I certainly respect them and what they've done. And, and I, you know, remarked to Steve and to Chad and Brown and to a few others at the end that we, we really couldn't do what we do on TVG or any place else for that matter without their cooperation. And I'm, I'm very fortunate that I do think that they respect the time that I've spent in the game and are very, generous with their time and their uh, input and, and interviews. And so it, it really is a wonderful thing to kind of have come to this point to be able to get, you know, some of those interviews and to have those conversations with them. And, you know, they also, I can have conversations with them off camera and, and they will tell you some things about the horses. And, and that really is truly special to be able to, get that information and have the opportunity to relay it to the fans as well. Well, you, you, you do an excellent job at it. I can't tell you that enough, but I'll tell you what, you also, you're very adaptable. I've been uh, uh, listening to the Kentucky Downs broadcast, and you and Gary West play very well off each other. Oh, what a treat it has been to work with Gary. He's like such a, a fun of information and has such knowledge of the game and um, the history of horses and pedigrees and also at Kentucky Downs specifically, some of the patterns that have emerged over years. Uh, it's just been wonderful to get to work with him. And, you know, I, I'm really lucky that they got me the opportunity to do paddock picks and to talk about, you know, appearances with him, but to get to work with Gary side by side. And, you know, we have Joe Christoph back who is uh, – great handicapper and I've worked with a long time in different facets and then um, Kevin Cox who has great uh, handicapper gamblers perspective on things to kind of start the day off so I think we have a pretty unique and really good team 
Oh, that's a great superfecta. Now, uh, a lot of your commentary on some of the different airwaves that you're on uh, pertain to last-minute how a horse looks, and sometimes uh, it's not the favorite. It's uh, you, you know a nice solid eight to one, twelve to one shot. Uh, can you can you kind of tell us how you develop such a, a great eye for horse flesh? So I think it's a combination of factors, and I mean, I really I do feel like. I, I look at horses the way I look at people, truly. And, I mean, it's, I've been around them for so long that I have sort of an instinct about how they're feeling and how they're doing. And you do just sort of watch them. And Gary mentioned this, but you don't, you don't hone in on some specifics. It's a more general impression, first off. And then watching them over and over again, um, you kind of get to know their idiosyncrasies. But if you don't know the horse, then just getting a sense of how they're feeling and how they're doing going into the race, I really do feel is an important element of handicapping, at least for me. And I know some people don't use that. They go strictly off of the past performances, but it's a, it's a great separator. I mean, today was a great example. You had um, a horse that Spelker from Wesley Ward, who had two horses in a race at Kentucky Downs, and Spelker... I've seen before, but she was a little bit more wound up than she's ever been. And she was very difficult to saddle. She got loose at one point in the paddock. And, and just watching her, you knew that she would still run her race because she's difficult. But at the same time, she doesn't get upset. She doesn't get flustered. She doesn't get hot. She just has a mind of her own on something. And she was still feeling good. And I know her. I've seen her a lot. And, uh, she did go out and win her race. She was a little bit headstrong, but she's a speed horse, and then she was hooked by a speed horse going into it. So I think that kind of diminished her finishing place. But she still overall ran a credible race. And having that familiarity with her, but also watching her and seeing, kind of helps you um, assess how they're going to run, both style-wise and whether they're going to be able to finish well. And it's just something that's come a little bit naturally through the process of being around horses and working around them and watching them for a long time. But I'm very, it's sometimes it doesn't always go like that, but I have to say that when I worked at Gulfstream park years and years and years ago, the, one of the first years I worked, there was a horse that I, that was a big long shot, but in looking at it, it looked super. And you just could tell this horse was really poised to run a big race. And I talked about it on the air and that kind of started things and set the trend to go. And I've learned to sort of trust your trust your immediate impressions, at least my own, as far as how horses are feeling. Because if you can give a long shot that runs a big race right off the bat, uh, that's kind of gold in the business. Well, for those of us watching at home or from an OTV parlor, uh, you, you're, you are our eyes and you do a great job. We're talking with Kate and Brader. Right now she's down in Franklin, Kentucky. Used to be called the Dueling Grounds where they actually did do dueling. And uh, we're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, uh, the all the graded stakes races on Saturday are taking place at Kentucky Downs. And I'm going to ask Caden to maybe take a look at some of those with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Give me 
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Kate Brader. You know, we spent part of the show last week talking uh, with Gary West, who painted such a beautiful picture uh, of this uh, just gorgeous track uh, down there in Franklin, Kentucky, and how unique it is with its uh, lying on the table, sideways, uh, pear-shaped, oval, not not that it's that, and uh, but the way it's got an undulating course and it seems like a stretch run that never ends. Uh, Kate, what do they have? Like five cameras down there? I've, I've seen more camera angles at uh, Kentucky Downs than I do on Derby Day. You know, I, one thing, having watched it for years, and then today and yesterday walking the course, it, it doesn't do it justice. As undulating and as irregular as the course is. When you walk it, you get a newfound sense of appreciation for what the horses and the jockeys do there. It's um, but that's not to say it's a bad thing. It's a wonderful thing. When I walked it, I was thinking, "Wow, I wish I was a jockey." This is the type of course I'd love to ride. And I talked to Tyler Gavlione today, and he's riding here for the first time. And of course, he's a top rider, leading rider at Gulfstream Park, and kind of the new gun that you're going to be hearing a lot about in the future. And he said this was his dream to ride here, and he is having a ball. It's because of the turf. You know, a lot of horses, horses were born to run on the grass. I mean, that's what they were bred to do. They um, just kick out, and they, they enjoy it. And then it's a wide course in most parts. Now, the last couple of days, and I think this will change for Saturday, if the weather cooperates, we'll take the rail up. But up till now, there's been a rail out especially on the final turn for home, that's yes. adding about a tenth of a mile to the distance of these races. So you have to keep that in mind. And it takes some navigating around that turn and also just kind of knowledge of the course to, to navigate. But it's still um, a wonderful course to ride, strategy, um, you know, kind of a thinking jockey's course to ride. 
but it uh, it had a little give in it, especially yesterday. Today, I would say it was good to firm. Yesterday, it was soft to good, or yielding to good, and um, it's going to be an ideal condition by the time we hit Saturday, where they're going to take the rail up, which is just in time for the series of graded stakes races that we have, because, I mean, they are super races. Yeah, I didn't know if that was my ever-failing eyes or what, but I'm like, I think I see two rails out there, but it's not all the way. It's just on the far turn, right? Just on the far turn, like almost from the uphill portion of the backstretch where the turn starts um, to the downhill part around the turn and into the stretch, but not not continuing. And it it's a good thing. It really does preserve the turf course. It helps because... The water drains inward, especially sure. on that turn um, toward the lake. So it's the best footing possible, and it's preserving the course for sure. But it does make it a longer-distance race. I would say you should add about a sixteenth of a mile to most of the races that we've run so far. It's just important to keep in mind, um, and it's why I think especially yesterday, patience was a virtue. Uh, today, though, we saw the tide turning a little bit. Speed became more of a premium. You wanted to be tactically placed. And I think by Saturday, when they take the rail off, they're going to be using the whole course. We've got great weather plans, or predicted, I should say, for the rest of the weekend. It'll be, it'll really be in good shape. But it'll play differently than it did on Wednesday and Thursday. Well, with that said, I don't know if you had a chance to look at Saturday's card. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kentucky Downs a Ladies Turf. It's a grade three. And uh, it's kind of interesting, you know, uh, obviously the headliner, uh, Miss Temple City. Last year, she won over a million dollars. This year, she's won 10000 Uh Right. You, you know, know I, I guess the trip to, to Europe kind of, I don't know, changed things. But she that trip wasn't until June. Uh, did she have a hitch in her get-along, or was that part of Graham Ocean's training plan? Well, you know what? I mean, in fairness, she won the matriarch in December, and then she came off the shelf, and they didn't get to do what they wanted to do going into the Queen Anne Stakes at Ascot, but they still shipped her, and she was well beaten that day. But she came back off that race and ran a decent race. She kind of got into some tight quarters, and to be fair, I don't really feel Monmouth Park is her ideal surface. Um, It's a little bit more speed-oriented type of turf course. She ran credibly, I thought. She was a beaten favorite. I'm sure it was a disappointment to her connections, but at the same time, I thought it wasn't a bad race. I think she's on the way to improvement. I don't know how she will take to Kentucky Downs. That's always a good question. And Edgar Prado, I don't know. He's a Hall of Famer. I have a lot of respect for him, and I have a lot of confidence in him. I don't know if he's ridden at Kentucky Downs before, but I'm, I do think that Miss Temple City is one that you have to consider and use on your multiple race tickets and and really have respect for. I do think Zapasa might have a little bit of an edge here. She's a a filly who has tactical speed. And the course, as it gets firm, and especially at this one-mile distance, although statistically they're in the minority, I still think a horse like Zapasa, if she steals along and gets something easy for the early stages of the race, she'll be very, very tough. She has class. She's capable at longer distances. And with the rail down, I think she'll make good use of her post position. 
So I kind of like her a little bit. And then the other horse I'd use was the Peasant and the Stumble City or Linda because everything Ian Wilkes is running is like spot on. They look super in the paddock, and he had a great day with two wins today. Great. Okay, well, I'm down to about four minutes till our, our closing uh, post. So uh, the Kentucky Downs turf sprint, six and a half. They almost start on that big wide turn. Uh, six and a half. It looks like you got another great field of 11. Anybody float to the top for you, Kate and Brader? Yeah, I'm just going to throw out Morticia because I love her. Um, she has been amazingly resilient, three straight wins, uh, including Belmont, Boyle, Saratoga. So I see no reason why she can't do it at Kentucky Downs. Who was who that? I missed it. Marticia. She's a uh, Rusty Arnold trained, and she's um, she really was impressive at Saratoga in her most recent. All right. Well, you know, it's just, I don't know how it, it is. I mean, it's fun to watch, but it's so hard to handicap because there's so much talent, and you're really not comparing apples to apples down there because everybody's coming in from someplace else, and every one of them has, you know, legitimate uh, credentials. Well, on uh, Saturday evening, I'm going to be I'm going to be at the Calumet Farm, and uh, the uh, race number ten, a mile and a half on the turf, which I believe is uh, a little bit more than the circumference. Uh, so they'll go into the tight turn, then come around, and then take the big sweep and work their way uh, back up the hill. Uh, this has got amazing uh, depth of talent in here, Kayton. Uh, who kind of floats to the top for you here? Well, I I guess I'll, I'll lean toward Lucas here because he's always I've seen who won two straight at Saratoga. And he certainly loves distance, and I think he's pretty resilient. But you have to respect Oscar-nominated. He's one for one at Kentucky Downs. It's Mike Maker who had a couple wins today, and I know they scratched today to point for this. So, I mean, the way Julian LaPerue has been, I guess Oscar nominated has to be the play. But I do really like Muktas here, and I know they're looking at Breeders' Cup for this horse before it's all said and done. Should he run well at Kentucky Downs? Yeah, I would say a kitten's joy out of a theatrical mare might like the grass. <laughs> yeah, just maybe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I imagine uh, <clears throat> you'll probably have people, uh, you know, shopping down at the uh, Phasic Tipton Turf Showcase Selected Yearlings that uh, Sandy Hawley's going to be at with uh, eyes down the road for a, a trip to Kentucky Downs in their future, I would think. Uh, absolutely. You know, Phasic Tipton sponsored um, the two-year-old stake, and they have gotten in the, the act the Kentucky Downs, and turf racing is just finally, which has always been my favorite, coming to form. So, you know, in the, I do want to throw out a horse. We didn't talk about the race, but the Kentucky Turf Sprint, I love Hoagie. He's one of my favorites all time. I think he's going to run a big race, and I know he's now eligible. And that's been a thing that, too, you have to be eligible for the Kentucky Development Fund and have everything in order. But he he's great. Daisy Tipton's support of the turf showcase has been wonderful, and I'm so happy to know that there's a bit more emphasis on turf racing now because having gotten engaged at the Arlington Million, I'm like a keen supporter of turf racing. I, I, it's my favorite. 
All right. Well, we've been talking with the queen of the turf, Kate and Brader. Thank you so much. We'll be listening to you and watching you down there at Kentucky Downs. I also want to thank Hall of Famer Sandy Hawley uh, for joining us. And uh, if you want to, you'll get a chance to meet Sandy Hawley at the uh, uh, Phasic Tipton sale on Sunday, September 10th, the turf showcase of selected yearlings. For Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. I want to thank you for tuning in. And remember, when you go to the races, bet with your head not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.